Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm your bartender for the evening. I'm the dude, so that's what you call me. And, or you can call me Anthony. I think you've all gotten me, gotten to know me good enough, but dude is just more fun for me. Um, so, you know, this this is the Wednesday Short Shot episode. Uh, it's just a little something that I came up with so that we could have a little bit of a talk and, uh, you know, just to sh- uh, some small details that, uh, about the bartending industry that... I think uh, would be fun to talk about, but I just can't fill up a whole hour for it. So, but this is uh, this isn't uh, uh, just any. Uh, ah, can't talk. Uh, gotta uh, keep going with the usual traditions, so though. We gotta start off with the drink special. Everybody expects a drink special when they come into a bar. So, this week's drink special I picked up from a profile on TikTok called Bartender Mom. Uh, and it goes like this. Uh, it's called a Mexican sh- submarine. It's you take one shot of tequila and carefully place it upside down in a pint glass and pour the Secchi's up uh, up to the bottom. That's weird. Up to the bottom of the shot glass. And then you throw that back. It's kind of like uh, your typical uh, Boilermakers, do- Flaming Dr. Pepper, or... Uh, Irish car bomb, except with the added feature that the you probably get the late hit from the tequila because the glass is upside down and it might take it a second for it to release pressure and then go down with the Dos Equis. So uh, everybody go out there and try that one out if, if you're in te- tequila. If you're the type of person that where you have a Jekyll and Hyde, Hyde effect with tequila, you might want to leave that one alone. Uh, leave te- uh, the tequila drinks to the people that can handle it. But if you do try it, let us know what happened. Uh, email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. And uh, tell us the story of uh, how uh, the Mexican submarine went down. Uh, that was accidental. I didn't actually. That, that was kind of cool that I said uh, submarine and then went down. Huh. So anyway, this show, I decided that I want to talk about uh, uh, discouraging shit that happens in the job world. I uh, was after talking to uh, Jesse from a famous bar, uh, famous bartending school and talking to uh, Kalen, who's uh, one of his instructors. I started thinking about all the stuff that happens during interviews. And, you know, one of the reasons why most people like to stick with their jobs so they don't have to interview anymore because uh, interviews are the shittiest part of Every job, or at least getting the job, there are probably other shitty things that come up on the horizon. Depends on what kind of job you have, really. 
but trying your hardest to get the job, going through the whole application process, and then the sit-down interview. That is the most nerve-wracking uh, and annoying uh, type of stuff that uh, that can happen before you get your job. Now, I sat back and I started thinking about all the interviews that I've done in my life, and believe me, I've had a lot of them. Uh, and started thinking about the most annoying things that came up. And one of the first things, obviously, that popped into my head, probably the reason why I thought up this uh, particular show, is that uh, they tell you, we're looking for someone with more experience. Now, I've had many jobs out there where are interviews, I should say, where they have told me they're looking for someone with more experience. And I've immediately said, wanted to say, but your, uh, but your ad said no experience necessary, entry-level positions available. Uh, why are you all of a sudden saying uh, no experience, or you want someone with more experience? Shouldn't your ads uh, have said that? Because then all of a sudden it comes up, you just wasted my time. And uh, we didn't waste your time because you're being paid to sit here and talk to me. But my time, even though I'm unemployed, is you know, a little bit more precious because I can't afford to be unemployed for very long. You can sit here all day and ask stupid questions for people on interviews and say stupid things like that. But uh, it doesn't affect your paycheck. I'm trying to get one. You've already got one. And... So why are you looking for more experience when you, uh, the ad said no experience necessary? This uh, first time I noticed it when it's, uh, after I graduated bartending school, I mentioned this before, that the restaurant that I was sent to by the bartending school because they had job placement assistance, I sat down with them and uh, did my interview, and then all of a sudden they just said, you know what, we're looking for someone with more experience. And I just wanted to look, I just looked at him and, and wanted to say, then why the fuck did you call the bartending academy? Now, eventually I did say that to one of my interviews because it was getting too redundant. Every place that the bartending school sent me uh, kept saying, we're looking for somebody with more experience. And they called a bartending school and to, uh, to recruit bartenders. Obviously, when you call a school, they're not going to have experience. It's, uh, you know, how many of you college students, you go to school, uh, you spent four or five years studying whatever your major was, and then you find the job that you want your, that could completely fit your major. And all of a sudden, the person says, we're looking for somebody with more experience, more hands-on. And... You sat back, and then all of a sudden you see a guy who didn't go to school for four or five years get the job because he'd been doing that sort of stuff in his garage or whatever. Or you realize that you're going to have to spend the next year or two being an intern getting paid nothing. And it, you know, your, the four years you spent in school almost meant nothing at that point. Sure, you might know the terminology, but they want somebody who actually knows how to turn the dials. And, yeah, that can be frustrating. Uh, but you uh, you power through it. You learn uh, from 
what happened in that interview to go on to the next interview. Next question that I uh, think is complete bullshit. Where do you see yourself in five years? Now, like I said, this question is utter and total bullshit because it's an unfair question. Do you see yourself still working at that same bar in five years? Most of us don't even know what we're going to be doing next year, next month, sometimes even next week. And so, I don't know, where do you see yourself in five years? Is it like Mitch Hetberg, where you're, uh, where you look at him and say, celebrating the fifth year anniversary of you asking me this question? Uh, because there was one job where I, uh, you know, I was going to school to learn audio production and I needed a job. I desperately needed a job. And I knew, uh, uh, I, when I, conf- uh, called the company that's out of business now, uh, they were huge, but now they're out of business. Um, that when I called the company to confirm the interview for the day, uh, which I totally suggest everybody does, uh, pick up the phone the day of, or the day before the interview to confirm your appointment with the manager. And he, I, he said, please dress appropriately when you're coming for the interview. He said it just like that, as if he was tired of seeing people dressed a certain way. And I should have just stayed home that day because it cost me a fortune as a broke college student to uh, go from my apartment to that corporate facility and uh, just for that interview. And he asked me that same question. Where do you see yourself in five years? Now, granted, at that time, I was going to school to be an audio engineer. And I said, running my own studio. You know, I, I want to be working with voiceover artists. I want to be uh, working with musicians. I want to do stuff like that. And he goes, that was, and, and then all of a sudden I realized that was the wrong answer. Don't, uh, he wanted to hear, I want to be manager of the, your store. I want to work my way up the corporate ladder to become, I don't know, what is it you do? Can I have your job? You know, he wanted to hear things that had completely everything to do with that. And uh, there were two ways that could go. You could tell him the truth, like I did, say you're gonna you're gonna follow your dreams and do what you want to do, or you could tell him everything under the floor to kiss his ass. And this particular guy, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have believed me. And he also probably would have said something like that. Well, we're not really looking for managers or anybody like that, and it's pretty hard to get uh, from working from one of our stores into the corporate office. He would have said something to put me down. But then I walked out of that interview saying I wasn't going to get that job in the first place. I traveled all this way with barely any money, which I had to take like three buses uh, and a cab to get to their corporate office and just to be uh, just to be, have my time wasted. And I remember being uh, completely broke. And I only had just enough money in my pocket to get back to my apartment where, and I was starving too. It took most of the day to get out there. And, and then I had to travel all the way back to my apartment just to, with 
t- stomach rumbling and uh, I had an ulcer at the time, so stomach rumbling and, and uh, incredible pain. Uh, just thinking about he was just wasting my time. That uh, that bastard. And, you know, he's probably out of a job now because uh, that whole corporation closed down a couple of years ago. And you know what? Uh, good riddance to him. Because if I had gotten to the point where I told him how proficient I was with computers and uh, all that sort of things, he would have uh, said, well, we need a salesman. Well, I can sell computers. I know a lot about them. No, but we need somebody that can sell more than computers. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Next question that annoys me that comes up uh, in interviews that annoys the living piss out of me. Managers, I hope you're listening to this because, uh, you know, I can see through it and I'm letting my uh, listeners uh, all know uh, these dirty little secrets is what can you bring to this job? Now, most of you are probably sitting back thinking, well, this is the part where I talk myself up. This is the part where I, you know, uh, tell them how excited I am, how uh, much I love the company, uh, how motivated, driven I am. Uh, Well, I'll tell you right now, that job, that question is a unfair time waster. Uh, It's... Just a question to come up because they couldn't think of anything else to ask. It has nothing to do with you. In fact, probably if you were actually extremely motivated, cared about the business as much uh, that much, you're probably annoying the interviewer by that point. And uh, you know, you talk yourself up. Sure, that's what uh, the point of the interview. You have to advertise. You have to uh, talk yourself up, make yourself look good. Make it look like that you're a person that will already, uh, that will bring something to the business. Now, if the interview is going well, they should already know that. And, you know, you got a big smile, you're excited, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just that kind of thing. But what can you bring to your job uh, to this job? What can you bring to this company? Well, okay, you're working at some of the restaurants out there, and you look around and you notice that it's somewhat of a family restaurant. Oh, I can bring a big smile to work every day. Uh, I enjoy talking to people. I, you know, do all that sort of thing. Uh, you know, and don't mind singing happy birthday uh, at a moment's notice when I'm got. Uh, eight tables that are ready to order. You can say that all you want, but uh, odds are that last one, they won't believe you because nobody enjoys singing happy birthday in the middle of their shift or at the beginning of their shift or at the end of their shift. But hey, anyway, um, or, you know, you, you sit and look around and you notice that it's more of a low key type of uh, place you can tell them maybe your knowledge of scotch, your knowledge of whiskeys, wine. Uh, you know, go completely off the mark. You know, uh, and uh, you can really talk your the, the way you can talk yourself up is you can you can say that I'm excited, I'm motivated. Okay, those are generic answers. Uh, uh, but 
like Kalen has this vast uh, informational database in her head about whiskeys. You remember listening to that, uh, uh, listening to her talk about that on her uh, on her interview. Uh, that could come in handy if she were working in like an Irish pub or, uh, you know, a whiskey bar, you know, a whiskey and cigar bar. Uh, but, uh, you know, just saying that I'm excited, I'm motivated, uh, you know, that everybody says that. And in fact, odds are the person that's interviewing you didn't even hear you say that, even though you were saying it very excited and motivated. Like, um, there was one time, uh, where I was sitting in an interview and to go back to the first question, where do you see yourself in five years? I was already tired of that question. I refuse, you know, I refused to answer that uh, because who sees themselves anywhere in five years? And uh, the interviewer, she asked me, this was for a bartending position in a banquet. And she asked me, where do you see yourself in five years? And I said, well, the Beatles have an opening. I'd kind of like to be doing that. And I still got the job. I don't know how, uh, but uh, I still managed to get the job and uh, got to sling drinks uh, for banquets. It was still kind of fun. But it kind of showed off that I'm, that's that's how excited I am, how, uh, or the type of person I am. Uh, because when let's get back to the, uh, the uh, question I was just at talking about, what can you bring to this job? Tell them your vast knowledge of star Wars, your vat, you know, if you look around the bar and you see all sports paraphernalia, tell them that you have in a, uh, if you do, you you can lie in the interview, but you, you better do your homework when you get home, you see sports memorabilia all over the bar and, uh, you can just sit back and comfortably say, I can talk about sports until I'm blue in the face. That goes along with their the type of people that they're trying to attract uh, is sports because people want to come in. They want to talk about sports. If you go into a bar uh, that has, uh, just pay attention to the decor, except for those places that uh, just have random crap all over to their walls. Uh, what was it uh, in uh, Super Troopers? No, shenanigans. Uh, you know, what's that place you like, Farva, with like the mozzarella sticks and all that? You, uh, you mean shenanigans? Uh, and, or, no, it wasn't shenanigans. Shenanigans was waiting. Uh, no, I'm right. It was shenanigans. And they were going to pistol whip Farva. But, um, you know, pay attention to the decor of most of the bars. If they're just nice, uh, dark, low-key setting, uh, sure, you can bring up your knowledge of wine, but most customers already know what they like. Some customers might even ask your opinion, uh, but you know, have that information ready in your head. Uh, but if you're going into a theme type of bar, restaurant, uh, try, to make sure, uh, try to plug that you know a lot about what that theme is. Like if I went into... Uh, a rock and roll type bar, which you don't see very often. If I went into a rock and roll bar, I'd say I can talk about rock and roll until I'm blue in the face. Uh, anything f- between the sixties to present. 
and not just rock and roll, pop music, uh, R and B, um, and you know, I'd be, uh, saying things like that. And that might get on the manager's good side because that's probably since he made it a rock and roll themed bar is probably the same way he is. If it's a movie theme bar, tell him that you can recite every single word to star Wars, a new hope. And he'll probably love that answer. Last thing I'm going to talk about is doesn't have to do with the interview, but for you people that already have jobs and you feel like you've hit a wall, you, you're not happy with your, where you're at anymore. You want to progress farther. Uh, well, how far, how much farther can you progress as a bartender? You can be manager. You can open your own bar. That's, uh, for the most part, that's it. But, uh, Going up to your boss and uh, say, okay, boss, I've been working here for three, four, five years. Um, you know, I, I want to get promoted. I want to do something else. I want to I progress. I want to better myself. Uh, what can we do? And your manager, I've heard this too many times, might say, well, we uh, we could promote you to manager, but we really need you where you're at right now. Um, uh, because we need, uh, we need your experience. We need your knowledge and we really need you behind the bar or waiting tables. Uh, uh, and they say things like that and you start to get the feeling, uh, like as a server, if you want to get behind the bar, uh, or become manager. And you start to get this feeling like, so I cannot be promoted because I'm too good at what I do. And that is a horrible feeling. I, you know, that, uh, think about it, uh, wherever you're at in your job right now and put yourself in that position. You walk over to your manager, boss, whatever. And you say, I want to be promoted and they give you that line, you're too good, uh, we really need you where you are right now, we can't promote you. That puts this huge pit in your stomach, and it also, it makes you kind of sick, and damn right, you're going to be frustrated for the rest of that shift, the rest of that night, uh, probably a day or two after that, too. My best advice to you for that situation is uh, they've already made you unhappy. That's going to be something that's going to be on your mind for the rest of your career there, however long it may be. Uh, go and look for another job. If you hit, if you are working at a job, this is for even the people out there that aren't bartenders or servers that just listen to my podcast. Thank you for listening, by the way. If you are in a job where you feel like you've hit a wall, you can't get any farther, you just reach that point where... You can't get past where you're at. Maybe it's time to move on if you're unhappy. If you're happy hit uh, leaning up against that wall, good for you. I'm happy for you. Uh, but if in the pit of your stomach you know you're not happy, maybe it's time you thought about doing something else or working for another company, someplace that would encourage growth because – it, it's a horrible feeling when you're not growing, isn't it? And uh, so, 
and that can lead to other things, uh, depression or, uh, anxiety. And you don't want that. Trust me. You don't want that. I'm not saying that when you go and do your interviews, uh, become a stand-up comedian because odds are, uh, one of the things you're going to say is going to offend somebody because everything offends everybody nowadays. And I mean, uh, George Carlin used to talk about this all the time where he'd go into an interview and, uh, when he realized that the, uh, interview wasn't, oh, was going South. He'd look at the picture on the, uh, interviewer's desk, point at the woman in the picture and say, who's the cunt. And you know, that is my bucket list thing I would love to do when I know a uh, interview is bombing, but it, I would have to have or already have a job. I think uh, Stephen Wright once said, uh, you know, during an interview uh, that he knew wasn't going well, he all of a sudden reached down, opened up a magazine, and start, immediately started reading it. And the interview saying, "What are you doing?" And uh, he says to the interviewer, uh, "Tell me this." If I were traveling in a vehicle going the speed of light and I turned the headlights on, what would happen? The interviewer says, I don't know. And he says, then Steven says, forget it. I don't want to work here. I've told those stories to people that were about to go into an interview. And the funniest part about it is uh, they've caught themselves trying not to laugh during the interview uh, because, you know, they'll see the picture of the man's wife on uh on their desk or they realize that the interview uh is not going the way they want it and and they'll start laughing or you know it's try to stifle themselves from laughing because i put that idea in their head and you know me being a little bit of a troublemaker i don't really mind i think it's funny but they they're upset with me and it's like god damn it dude you know you know i'm trying to get a job here and now i can't stop laughing and, uh, so, uh, you know, hopefully I did that to you too. Ha <laughs> Anyway, people, that's last call, last call for alcohol. I hope my stories about interviews, uh, interview questions didn't discourage any of you because, uh, because if you are, if you do have the drive, if you do have the spirit inside of you, you can get any job out there you want. Uh, and a lot of interviews are salvageable, uh, uh, once you hit uh, hit a question where you think you're being trapped or you know the answers, whatever answer you give them is wrong. It, all interviews are sal- salvageable unless the person has already decided that they're not going to hire you, whether it be they didn't like your shirt or they've already filled the position and are just interviewing people just to uh, get the numbers up. So don't feel discouraged ever when it comes to interviews you can get a job anybody can get a job you just need to go out there and get it a uh public service announcement from hey bartender podcast (laughs) anyway like i said it's last call people uh so uh first of all uh like to thank all my listeners Uh, my numbers are going uh back up now that the quarantine has loosened up a little bit thank you so much for coming back um, uh, and if you want it, uh, if you want to follow a Hey Bartender podcast, jump on Facebook and, uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, Hey Bartender podcast. You can even follow us on Instagram, Hey Bartender podcast. I'm on Twitter. Let's not even talk about that anymore. I, that's, that place is deadly. 
uh, or it's just full of evil energy nowadays. I, um, and, um, if you, uh, if you want to, uh, just submit a recipe, ask me a question or tell me a short story, email me dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. I'd love to hear anything that you have to say. If you want to be on the show, just tell me, we can make it happen for you. You can plug yourself. You can plug your bar. Uh, I love to have guests and my, uh, new year's resolution for this show was to have on more guests this year than I did last year. And so far, I am doing awesome with that. Uh, For example, coming up on the next podcast, I will have guest uh, Sarah Hester Ross, who is a musical comedian and Las Vegas dueling piano uh, entertainer. You're going to want to check out that episode because this girl is hilarious. She's an amazing piano player. And we're going to talk a little bit about her life playing in piano bars. So you're going to want to tune into that. Uh, until the next time, though, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. I got to tell you all, just because I feel the world needs it right now, I wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's last go? I just got here.